everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Faith in It with Kay. So last week we had part one of a three-part conversation with my friend Morgan. So this week we're going to pick up on talking about racial reality. So we're going to discuss the honey pot. We're going to talk about the controversies with that. And then also talking about racial reality when we look at how black women, black people in general are treated a little bit differently at the doctor's office or just in everyday um, scenarios or um, have a conversation about does proper English um, belong to a certain race or is it just something that everyone should be able to do or is it something that everyone should be able to speak? So we're just going to have that conversation on racial reality, reality of what it is for us right now. And it all kind of stems from the honeypot controversy. So go ahead and take a listen if you're not aware of the honeypot um, controversy. You'll hear a little bit about it in this in the second part conversation where we start the discussion on the honeypot um, and the controversy that happened as far as the Target commercial that were that was released. Um, and then if you want to hear us finish off the conversation on the honeypot and just actually racial reality in general, then you're going to have to tune in next week for part three. But go ahead and check out part two. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say, I pray that everyone's doing really well, um, despite what's going on with uh, the coronavirus. I hope you're staying safe. I hope your loved ones are staying safe. Um, continue to wash your hands, cover your mouth when you're sneezing or coughing, and continue to just go overboard <laughs> in hygiene and just um, cleaning every area that you have to touch every surface or just limiting your exposure to um, as far as contact with other people that you don't have to necessarily have contact with. So go ahead and continue to be safe. And hopefully these conversations will kind of, you know, get you thinking about something else other than what's going on. But I will say that the beautiful thing about like this time and this period is um, humanity is really stepping up. Like it's so nice to see this conversation about how we as humans are stepping up to battle this virus is attacking everyone that doesn't care what color you are what gender you are it's just attacking us as human beings and it's just a beautiful to see how we're rising up and handling and combating the situation together so on that note I want to say kudos kudos to us kudos to human beings um, for being able to rise up and just think about our fellow men and women um, regardless of race gender or creed but without further ado, go ahead and listen to part two of this conversation with my friend Morgan. I don't know if you guys, well, I don't know, unless you live under a rock, um, I'm sure you've heard about the whole honeypot situation um, with Miss Beatrice Dixon, the founder of Honeypot. She did a commercial um, for Target. And let me just backtrack. I did not know what Honey Pot was. Um, I think when I looked at the packaging, I've seen it before, but I paid it no special attention. I didn't know what it was. Um, Morgan, did you know what Honey Pot was? No, I hadn't heard of it beforehand because there's so many um, there's so many brands that are similar to that. But <clears throat> you know, once I heard about the situation, I was like, it's actually in the long run good for them because of everything that resulted from it, they ended up increasing sales by 40 to 50%. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, so if you don't know, because I had to look it up, um, because I myself, I've seen the brand. Like, once I saw the the actual product, I Googled it, and I saw the actual product. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen those products. Um, but I never paid it any close attention. Um, but Honey Pot is a plant-based, um, Black-owned feminine care brand. Um, and this is according to Forbes.com. Let me just say that as well. This is according to um, Forbes.com. It's a plant-based Black-owned feminine care uh, brand. One of the first 40 women, Miss Beatrice is one of the first 40 women of color to raise $1 million in venture capital. And today, it's a multi-million dollar company that has affordable natural washes, wipes, tampons, and pads, along with a a, a wide list of uh, feminine care products. Oh, I thought it was just hair products. I didn't know that. No. <clears throat> so it's actually feminine products, um, natural a natural hmm. brand of feminine care products, which I think is great because, like, honestly, that's something that I've been thinking about. Um, I would love to kind of, like, to use more natural feminine... Because when you think about it, though, when you really think about it, it's like, well, why do I have to use a natural based feminine care product why aren't feminine care products natural based anyway because of what their purpose are um especially something like tampons yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like especially like how closely they are to a woman's body why aren't they um natural products anyway so yeah. i thank you out there all you white women that were so upset um <laughs> you now introduced me to a product that i didn't pay attention to and I'm like so yeah so as Morgan said um, the outrage actually spiked um, or increased sales by over 50% for the company so it actually backfired Um, and I think let me see I I tried to um, I think here's what it was Uh, the part that was upset to everyone what happened was um beatrice um dixon she did a target commercial so she was featured in uh target's black history month series founders we believe in um and she said in the video the reason why it's so important for the honey for the honey pot to do well is so the next black girl that comes up with a great idea could have a better opportunity that means a lot to me so that's what she said um and the backlash was say calling her a racist um and saying why she only made products for black women and uh why does race matter so when you hear that morgan what do you think she's trying to say? Because I have her, like, I found her response. I found Target's response to it as well. And I'm going to share that. But when you hear that, what what do you think about what she said? Like, what do you get from that? I get exactly what she was saying. A lot of people, they, they tend to look deeper into things and try to make an issue out of something there is not an issue in. And literally, she's just saying, I want every Black girl to feel comfortable 
I want every black girl to feel inclusive. That's her message, basically. And just because of the fact that she didn't say, I want all black girls, well, not black girls, I want all girls or all women to feel beautiful and to feel this and feel that, there are going to be some people that are going to feel excluded. <clears throat> I'm not sure why, but I think it's, it's, it's not even racism, honestly, because when you define racism, it's an exclusion. It's a certain sense of prejudice or discrimina- discrimination against a person based on their race. And the person who's yes. discriminating them feels that their race is superior. So I feel like it's really on the other end. These people who are hating on this and saying that it's racist, they're racist themselves because they already are represented. Every I, I, I guarantee you, if you look on, if you go throughout your day and you look at every ad, every beauty ad that you see on TV, I guarantee you majority of them are going to be white women. They're already yeah. represented, so there's no problem with that. So why is it that when a Black woman says, I want other Black women to feel included, to feel comfortable, to feel beautiful, <clears throat> as soon as we start to uplift our own selves, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. And, like, I think the important thing to, like, also note is that she literally just said the reason why she <coughs> wants the brand to do well is so that the next black girl behind her who has a great idea could believe in themselves and having the opportunity to do what she's doing. Yeah. So it's not even about the brand itself. She didn't say anything about the product being for a certain race. Or, she just said, I, I, I want the company to do well because it really, truly, the company doing well means something. Because she becomes a statistic. She's already a part of the statistics, but she becomes a statistic. So the brand does well. She becomes, um, I think it says too, startups led by Black women receive less than 1% of venture venture capital funding. Less than 1%. So when her company does well as a Black woman, then she opens the door up for funders now to say, okay, there's, I don't know, maybe 2%. (laughs) Yeah. now of black women whose businesses are making it it opens the door just a little bit more for more investors yeah you know what I mean and that's all she's saying is that we live in a world where race matters like when you have a great idea sometimes your idea is not seen first it is your race and your race your idea is judged based on your race yeah. So it's important to note that. And when you, you know, like, I think that was perfect because, like, I wanted to get the um, the definition of racist um, because white people like to say racist um, against black people. And technically, um, I know it's been said and people are like, no, it's not true. For the most part, <laughs> there's not very many race that can be racist because we're also considered minorities. Yeah. <laughs> which is a small group of people, especially uh, one community that's discriminated against. So we can't be necessarily discriminator and the discriminated. (laughs) Um, So it's like racist, according to Oxford, is a person who shows or feels discrimination or prejudice against people of other race or who believes that particular race is superior to to another. So she can't be racist if only 1% 
of venture capital funding goes to black women and she's out of 100 percent less than she's in the category of less than one percent and it's terrible too because (laughs) i was looking in there is this really great article by forbes and they highlighted the situation um a couple of reasons why a lot of racist i will say racist people were mad is because yeah that it says I want to empower black women, not I want to empower only black women. They got the they got the gist that okay, she feels like only black women should be highlighted. And that's what they're hearing, that's what they're processing. That's one of the things that's in it's a um <clears throat> I forgot what it's called in psychology, but it's it depends on your background. When you see a commercial, when you see an ad, there are certain things that people are going to process differently from others based on their culture, based on their upbringing, um, based on their experiences, all that stuff. So there is something within their mind that they're going to either exclude certain parts of it or they're going to amplify certain parts of it or they're just going to save the most important parts for themselves so they can summarize it. Yeah. But in this case... Um, I think it's just really sad because it's almost similar to the whole Black Lives Matter thing. And then you have other people coming out. Well, what about All Lives Matter? Well, the per- there's a purpose behind people saying Black Lives Matter, just like there's a purpose yeah. for her saying empowering Black women to do the same. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, and being that we're, we're minorities too, so the fact that we don't have a well, it is growing, of course, the amount of Black women-owned businesses. Um, yeah. You know, before, there wasn't a lot of education on how to start your own business. There wasn't a lot of information just out there on the forefront as far as funding. But the more of us that are starting businesses, the more we're able to educate educate and support one another. So all of that stuff is starting to grow a little bit more. The more that grows, the more we're starting to emphasize on how important it is to include one another so once we do get to that platform I'm glad that she did use that platform you know on a commercial with Target and I'm also glad that Target backed her in the long run too even after she got backlash it's just really ridiculous yeah Yeah. so I have like because we may have read the similar articles yeah um so like I have um I think before I say Target's response, I want to say what she responded. Um, And her response was quite long, so I'm going to try to chop it up a little bit. But on uh, Essence.com, they quoted her as being um, as sounding calm and unbothered, because I thought that was important Mm -hmm. to recognize that she was unfazed um, by what happened. Um, as she should be, because she said nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, she spoke her truth and a truth that so many of us understand. Um, and and honestly, I'm going to keep that thought. I'll hold that thought. I'll come back to that. Um, but she said, "This is not a honey. This was not Honey Pot's commercial. It was Target's commercial. It was shot during Black History Month and for Women's History Month. They chose that particular clip for a reason." I'm here for that story, and that's why I said it. I know that there's a huge disparity when it when you look at the 
the funding of businesses. I'm always going to be a proponent for us doing what we have to do. So this isn't even a conversation. The only thing we as black women business owners can do is make really successful business. She goes on to say that that comment wasn't about us being a black owned business and only selling to black customers. I think we're human. We're, I think we're human and race shouldn't even be a conversation, but it is because of the society we live in. We understand the responsibility as a black owned business that we have to be successful because if we're not, we're not doing for the culture to move it forward. So that race isn't a topic. So to kind of like summarize I got a little bit of what you were saying. Yeah. Um, the whole idea was too is like Target uh, picked that particular clip. And it's also important to note that they picked she was doing a series for Black History Month. Um, that's why there are no white women in that series. Um, because and I think people have to realize it's like we have a a month that's called Black History Month. We don't have a white yeah. history month. You know why? <laughs> because every month is white history month. Yeah, so basically. And it's and important the to realize. We're taught, what we're taught in school, we're taught basically white, white history, history for the most part. We're lucky enough, you know, to have certain, like in Baltimore, I was lucky enough to have certain teachers that emphasize black history a little bit more. Yeah, like going to black schools and stuff like that they're gonna do that but there were some stories that we still didn't know that you know I guess over time like as an adult you end up learning a little bit more deeper into but certain things I guess weren't meant for us kids to know yet but I think that you know especially in history books it, it matters to actually emphasize more on black history because of stuff like this People are so threatened by things that they don't understand. So when they think, when they see something like this, they feel like, well, well, what is this? I don't understand this. But no, but if you understood Black history, if you understood how much we've been oppressed, then you would understand how special something like that is to someone maybe like even like myself, who's looking up to other Black women who own businesses who have probably had to go through certain adversities to get where they are. Absolutely. It's it's amazing, like, how strong we are to be able to overcome a lot of these things because, you know, I think it just takes a really strong mindset to start off with all of this stuff, to deal with the racism, to deal with the, like, with her especially, to deal with the the backlash, the comments and all of that stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. I feel like I really I really commend her for that, for especially staying calm because I feel like as a black woman they would expect you to come out of character to be belligerent and all that stuff and to just respond and feed into all of that stuff. And it's not even worth it. It's good that she showed she showed everyone that she is a I guess, I guess you could say an example of someone who is strong-minded, but at the same time, someone who knows how to carry themselves with tact. 
someone who knows how to communicate with tact. She would probably was angry about that. I'm pretty sure anybody would be. But the yeah. way she handled that, it was perfect. Because now, like, someone is angry about your story. Like, how are you angry about someone else's story? Someone else's yeah. experience? Like, and so you're, you're angry mad at that them I had people for sharing racist. their experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like saying, so basically, you're mad about the fact that I've had things that held me back as a Black woman, and I finally got here. So you you think I'm in racist because of that. Yeah. Me, you think I'm being racist of all people because of that. Yeah. When and, I've had that against me all of my life. That's, you know, like, it, it blows my mind, honestly, Morgan. It's like blowing yeah. my whole mind because I'm like, I think, and I think that it does something that they will never understand. If you are white, you will never understand because now me, myself, looking at Honeypot, I look at it differently because to me, it was just another brand. But now when I see it and I see like, I see like Carol's daughter or, you know, or I see the, um, the main choice or I see certain, certain hair products now, or I see certain brands, it feels good to see them or to see them popping up in the stores because it's like, wow. Okay. So I'm thinking about all the adversities that I'm going through and the things that I desire to do. So when I see another black woman doing it, I'm like. Okay, that gives me hope. I can do it. All right. Yeah. They had to go through whatever they had to go through and they did it. So, and especially looking at some of these people who, who have gone through certain things that are so similar to us, especially, you know, working a nine to five and trying to yeah. transition into something that you really want to do. Like the main choice, I was going to talk about her too and bring her up. Um, I really admire her because she was one person who did that. She was a nurse at one point, I believe. Yeah, and it's not. I'm pretty sure it's not exactly easy to transition from doing that, which is so time consuming, and tasking on your mind and body. I'm sure. Yeah. To doing something like this, and like, and she she's doing conferences and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and, you know, I I'm so grateful to be a part of this particular time in history because I think we've always known the power of black women and yes I know it's women's history month but I am 365 black <laughs> and I'm woman so yeah. um, that's that's my truth so I'm always for us and for us winning yes I love to see other women win too and I, I you know like because even one of the things like that I saw happen was when the women's march and um, like it or not, when I say this comment, that women's march did not signify anything as, for me as a black woman. The women's march yeah. felt like a white women's march. It wasn't women's march for women of all race, of all ethnicity. It was for white women. Yeah. Um, there were so many um, different stories or like feedback of white women belligerent or making fun of the ethnic women that were a part of that march oh really they're making i didn't know about that yeah so there were they were like 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 i wasn't there but so i'll say that i wasn't there 
but I read so much about though like people posting about their experiences and I think like too it's important to understand like that this particular situation this particular thing brought it even closer because it's like why are you mad yeah that this woman is winning why are you mad and it's like that women's march white women are fighting to get paid what white men get paid Black and women we get generally don't even get paid men. the same amount as a white woman gets paid. Yeah. So if you're, if you're marching for women, don't forget that the sisters standing next to you are really looked at behind you. We're yeah. not even seen on the same level when it comes to employment. Though, and, 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 and it's not even a, a matter of smarts or capability just simply based on race alone. Yeah. There is still disparities there on what we're paid and how we're treated. So that march wasn't for women because in order for it to be for women, you have to understand that your sister beside you who's standing beside you right there is going through something different that you will never have to experience. It's honestly like that. Yeah. Especially... I would say the Me Too movement. I believe the Me Too movement was started by a Black woman, but it was kind of overshadowed by the whole Women's March and all that stuff. And and on top of that, like, one, I think that that's the reason why it's hard for Black women to, this, this is kind of like, not off topic, but kind of relative as far as us get going to the doctor, as far as us getting yeah. proper health care and stuff like that, sometimes they don't believe us mm. if we say that we're in pain because they feel like we have a higher threshold of pain. Yeah. And then there are women who have yeah. died. There are women who have um, died from childbirth because they've been voicing concerns and no one paid attention. So, like, similar to that in the Me Too movement, you know, yeah. if you were to complain about something, one, as a woman people would try to shrug you off. But two, if you're a black woman, it's okay, well, yeah. And <laughs> there is something before. Um, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and at one point, I would wonder, like, why did women come forward with stuff way, way after the fact? And it wasn't until certain things were said yeah. to me before in my previous job where I was like, okay, I see why, because I like in my position, I was like, one, Mm -hmm. I don't think anything is going to be done. Number two, if it does, I don't want to jeopardize somebody's life. And then I don't want them to come after me for whatever. So it's, it's like a whole chain reaction too. Yeah. I mean, there's so many wrong. And like, sometimes I think too, like you brought up a little bit about like, um, the medical issue and I think even Serena Williams I think that was her experience um she was having some issues and she like with her when she was pregnant the doctor wouldn't believe her um and you know being a celebrity and I think there, there were a couple other celebrities that came out and said they experienced the same thing um and I I've talk to people um, who've gone to the hospital and have been sent home like um, mm-hmm. with issues or their kids have issues 
but they're not believed or it's not seen it's not deemed as um as an emergency or significant and they ended up losing a child or losing a family member because the same care was not given so and i'm not saying we're not saying that doesn't happen in the white community it happens we're not saying it doesn't what we're saying is it happens more frequently outside of the white community um and that should be an issue definitely with like the mortality rate um of birth of women um given birth that's an issue in the united states still it's an issue outside the united states um and you know it's I think it's overshadowed yeah. in the United States because it's so much more issue outside of the U.S. But when you look at it compared to the the race compared it says really of women, it's a big difference and it's an issue. It's an issue. It's an issue, and it, it's it shouldn't be. Um, because I know even as black women, like yeah. often you're like, okay, I gotta find me a black doctor because. <laughs> I, I I need for when I say something that my doctor is going to believe and me or my doctor. That means and that I I'm don't sure. <laughs> I don't know if you're out there and you're white. <laughs> yeah, like if you're out there and you're white, I don't know that you have the same thought that you have to get a certain doctor, a certain color, a certain race, um, in order to feel like that person's going to actually take your health seriously. But that is truly something that black women go through and that truly is a thought that black women go through um I know for me like years 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 of just extremely painful periods and growing up it wasn't until I was almost in my 30s before somebody's like oh you might have endometriosis oh nobody nobody caught that in my life my life? I've had the same Nobody. issue, but you know, if you were to bring something like that up with certain doctors, they're like, Oh, I don't I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue what it can be. <laughs> like, so you mean I mean I can Google what's going Not on all. and I can find out, okay, this might be what's going on with me. Okay. Uh, like literally it wasn't until I was in New York. Uh, yeah, I was there in New York and at my church at the time, one of the one of my church sisters, she had it, and she would do like the health segment at our women's um, ministry meetups, and she shared that that's what she had, and I, you know, I listened and I was like, oh, that don't sound like, mm-hmm. because hers seemed like even more extreme than mine's, so I was like, oh. and then more and more, I, you know, I was like, I wonder. And it wasn't <laughs> until I wondered and asked that it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably what it is. But before that, it's like, take this birth control, birth control make take birth this, um, uh, these pills and yeah. manage the pain. <laughs> manage the pain. Um, I'm going to get rid that's of all it, you need not to do. Manage, manage the pain. It. So, you I'm know, it is. It's depending on a prescription <laughs> to... It, that can probably alter my body in the long run. And I, I, I voiced that same thing. I said that to them and they're just like, okay. Like one of them, she literally just said, okay, well, I'm going to give you this prescription to like, and I'm thinking, did you not hear what I just said? <laughs> okay. Yeah, she didn't. 
she did, but she didn't care. <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of like the problem. It's like not being in spaces or rooms where people care. So, you know, like it is this racial thing. I don't know if it will ever go away. I really wish. I really wish we lived in a world where color truly, truly didn't matter. Like, as Dr. King said, that we are judged on the content of our character. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Like, and that sounds like are, an amazing there world. There are so many people out there um, like that. And like, that sounds like an that, amazing world. I feel like world. that's just so hard to find with other races. And I'm not just saying with the majority, with white folks, with other races as well, because other races have a perception of us. There, I mean, even I remember a while ago there was um yeah yeah I had an Uber driver and he was Middle Eastern and he was saying oh you're very um he was saying I'm well spoken for a black girl and mm. I'm thinking what do you expect a black girl to sound like oh mm-hmm. yeah ghetto like I'm and <laughs> ghetto <laughs> and so even if I did sound like that. Why does that give you a gauge on how much or how little you're going to respect me? Yeah, it does. Sadly, it does. Um, like, I think, I don't know if we had this, co- like, talked about this on the last podcast, but I was just like, I, you know, I all the time experience that. Because um, when you hear my voice, everyone's like, hmm, <laughs> that's a fine white girl. <laughs> And then, like, <laughs> when you meet me, I'm the deepest of chocolates. So it's like, oh, okay. Uh, oh, you're Oreo. N- no. I hate English, especially <laughs> proper English, does not belong to a race. What happened was a, ra- a particular race was given access to proper English even more than the other race so but proper English is not a race thing you could be white black Spanish uh Asian um Middle East whatever you could speak proper English if you want to because you know what it's not a racial thing it's just an educational thing that's not like my mom had raised us to to speak with like to speak English (laughs) Like, yeah, like, like just around English. friends and stuff yeah, like that. Perfectly but put, to speak English. We know the right like, time, the right place to to be able to dictate and everything. So, you know, it it's, it makes no sense though the fact that bodies, people do have yeah. the whole time like oh the Oreo <laughs> thing or oh you're a white girl on the inside and all that stuff. I hate hearing people say that about black women because the, the fact that you're yeah. well spoken that doesn't take away the fact that you are black it doesn't take away the fact that you embrace your blackness either and that's the part that really sucks yeah. because people have their own yeah. generalized yeah. versions of what they think you are or who they think you are that's absolutely true absolutely true like people and you're prejudged um and I think, like, too, it's important, like, to recognize that there are white people. Yeah, there are. Who can't speak proper English. 
because the environment that they grew up yeah was not that's not proper english is not a thing and you know what it didn't change that they're white like no white yeah. person looking at them <laughs> saying oh they're black because they're talking slang <laughs> you know <laughs> no one does that you know so language is really just based on your environment the way you speak is based on the environment that you one either grew up in like not either the one that you grew up in surround yourself with and expose yourself to because sometimes it's not even that yeah the world exposes the ones that you expose yourself to because uh, sometimes we do we have to expose ourselves to other culture other race other ways of doing things exactly. um because our environment doesn't That's do so that important. your environment could Yeah, like your environment will expose you to Ebonics, but that doesn't mean that you have to speak Ebonics or slang, like or Pig yeah, Latin. I still don't know how to talk Pig Latin. Um, well, like, I tried like real hard, but I still, <laughs> I still don't a, know how to do it. Um, like that's a, that, that that's may, 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 huh? May, may. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like it's like backwards, um, but. That was in my environment. I still don't know how to talk it. Um, I still don't know how, yeah, I still don't know how to do it. But at the end of the day, like, I grew up wanting something different, um, wanting to be a part of and understanding that as a Black woman and as, as an immigrant, as that the world is, it's rough enough, but it's especially difficult when it deems you as somebody who speaks Ebonic, slang, yeah. or broken English, and, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> like, it's especially difficult because you you are already prejudged for your Blackness, and then you become prejudged for your language, and then your yeah. intellect is judged based thing. on your language. And I think that, <laughs> that, that that's something that's really interesting, too. Not only that, but it's, I think it's bad enough that even if you are a well-spoken black woman or a woman of color or of any color, people are still going to have their own perceptions of you. Yeah. There was someone who, um, yeah, this yeah. was, this was something in reference to education. Someone said, oh, where did you, um, I was at that other place where I used to work. <laughs> so it was like, oh, so, um. You got your bachelor's <laughs> from where? I said, yeah, I got my master's from. And as soon as I said that, he kind of like jumped back like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that also in society, I'm going to note too that people see degrees and stuff like that as a symbol of status. Do you know I still have student loans? No, it's not a symbol of status. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm still working a job right now. I don't own a Fortune 500 yeah, company, yeah. <laughs> so you know I think that people have to, yeah, people have to kind of come off of their high horse as far as um, seeing people with education or with degrees as valuable and stuff like that. That's the reason why I like I really find value in like what. I do as far as like teaching people on the side, business consulting and all that stuff, because you don't, you really don't need a degree to start your own business. Yeah. You so 
Thank you for listening to part two of the conversation with Morgan. So part one, we had a conversation. Of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't have a conversation about COVID-19 or the coronavirus. So that was part one. Part two, we started a discussion about the honeypot. So that was this episode that you just listened to. So we hope you enjoyed the conversation. We hope that you will join us for next week for the third um, part of the conversation. And this will be our final part. And just finish off that conversation as it pertains to racial reality, um, the honeypot controversy, and just hopefully our hopes are just moving forward. So thank you again for joining us for this episode of Faith in It with Kay. See ya!